0: The book of romans chapter 8 we're reading verses 1 to 17 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus because through christ jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature god did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. It is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. This is God's word. Amen.
1: Morning, everyone. Bill's just getting me some water because uh, he's very nice. Let's pray. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Help us. Help us to be encouraged, to be excited, to be challenged, to be thrilled by what you have done for us and are doing in us. For Jesus' sake we pray. Oh, keep me from error, we would ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Bill. I have a friend. That might surprise you. Um, I have a friend who... uh, when he meets me, he likes to jibe me. He likes to rib me. He ribs me that he is really good. He goes on about it quite a lot. It's interesting. He, uh, he must know who I am, and he rejoices at the fact when I'm not good. <laughs> and he always says that he's good. It's an interesting thing. Not many people actually approach you like that anymore. Most people actually don't seem to care about being good anymore. He does. And he, uh, he's always telling me how good he is. Very interesting. Paul has a lot to say about who is good in Romans 8. And it's not me. It's not you. And it's not my friend. It's the Lord Jesus. He's good. Our central point for today is the spirit brings new life, freedom from the past, secure in his future, empowering our lives right now. What, well, isn't it? Firstly, the law of spirit, which is verses 1 to 4, the law of the spirit, of eight. Wonderful, which sets us free. That's wonderful news. That word sets us free. You've been set free from the law. We've just done Deuteronomy, and the law figured all the way through it. Do this, don't do this, do that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Paul says Jesus set us free. From the law, what does he mean? He means there's nothing to fear. Chapter eight, verse one starts with that wonderful word, therefore. Therefore is means we've been talking about this, talking about this, and here is the conclusion. Therefore, so that's what when you see therefore, that's what's happened. He's concluding. His conclusion is this. You, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's great news. Me, naturally, as you know, I'm all over the place. I will be selfish. I will be unkind. I will be self-centered. I will be all the things you would like to follow after that. That's who I naturally am. That's who my, na- my friend is naturally too. He keeps saying he's good, but naturally this is who I am. But Jesus came to make sure that he would set me free from that. Verse 2, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Paul saying, as we saw in Deuteronomy, we're all not good. That's the conclusion, a strange conclusion in Deuteronomy. Here's the law, they're not going to keep it. Why do they know? Why does Moses know that? He knows that because he knows that what people are like. God says we are people who rebel. I will do everything and anything to not do what God wants me to do. That's who I naturally am. And the truth is no one likes to say that. My friend doesn't like to say it, but the Bible says it for it. It was a great truth that releases me from a great burden. Because when I wanted to become a Christian, I said to myself, Lord, I need to get good enough to be yours. And I lived from here to the academy almost, away from my high school. And before I got there, I had proven myself terrible. It didn't didn't get very far before I worked out, wow, I'm no good. And then my head went down and I thought I can never be good enough for God. I was right. Correct. Paul says, well done, tick. Notice he did with his left hand there, left tick. I know the right hand's got, the left hand had got picked on before. Who's left handed here? Do you feel bad when we say right handed things? Anyway, tick. What I didn't realise was this other good news. Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. How has he done that? Jesus said, when someone said, uh, called him good teacher, he said, there is no one good but God. He was right. I'm not good. My friend is right about me. He's right. I'm not good. Jesus is good, and because of Jesus, he set us free. How did he do that? Jesus came and lived the life I can't. He was perfect in all he did. He fulfilled the law. He walked with his Father in heaven perfectly, obeying God. I'm all over the place. You're doing whatever you want. That's how we naturally are. Jesus walked faithfully straight where his father asked him to be. He walked perfectly and he did it for me. He did it for you. You see, when I I try to justify myself, I'm going to be fooling myself. I just aren't going to measure up. But Jesus came to set me free from that. He fulfilled the law, meaning I can go free. That is a gift. Verse 3 and 4, for what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, Paul means what I couldn't do, I couldn't obey it. I couldn't perfectly do it because I am me and you are you. God did. He was not powerless. He did it by sending his own son to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live according to the spirit. What's he saying? Jesus fulfilled the law and his perfection is for all people who trust in him. This is a grace matter. It's a gift. Jesus died in our place to break that law apart. He fulfilled it and wiped it out. It's not held over me or you if you trust Jesus anymore, not because I'm great or good. I'm not. God is good. Jesus died as an offering that atoned his life, made the fulfilled the law so it can be put up here. It is finished with because it was fulfilled by him for you, for me. He did that so that we might know him and we might have his spirit. The spirit, I think we saw that before, didn't it? Jesus ascended. One of the things we said was he sends his spirit. Why did he send his spirit? Because his spirit resides in us, takes home in us, pours out into us, fills us, and changes me from being the guy who wanted to be about me only And he directs me and changes me to be his guy. He wants me to be his child. He sent his spirit that I know I'm his child. Jesus came to make us free. I was stuck. I couldn't cross the road without Swearing and carrying on, so I knew I couldn't make it to school and be good. He did that so he would make sure that changed me. He did that so that he came, so that he would set me free from that bondage to being always like myself. Jesus came and he gave us, secondly, to bring us life and peace, verses 5 to 11. Verse 5b says this, Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Remember Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your strength. That's what Deuteronomy said. That was the response of Jesus, wasn't it? What are the two greatest commandments was that one? And the second one was love your neighbour as yourself. Yes, that's right. Jesus brought the Spirit to make those two commandments us. Now my life is meant to be because the Spirit is here. He makes us people who want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love others as you would love yourself. We live in a way, now because the Spirit has come, we live in a way to please God. That's new. That's why Jesus came. He breaks the power of sin, releases me to be his, pours his Spirit in Him into, uh, into me to change me. I am God's child because he wanted me. He wanted you. If you know Jesus, he wanted you from before the creation of the world and Jesus came to break the power of sin and death. The spirit person, the one whom has received God's spirit, thinks differently. Verses 5 and 6 and 7 maybe. Those who live according to the flesh, that means me in my natural way, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. It says in verse 6, The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The person who has God's spirit with them, in them, is someone who wants to glorify God. (laughs) Jesus came to break the power of sin to make you more like Jesus, to give you his spirit that you would be changed to be like Jesus. Naturally, I won't want to do that. Naturally, I'll want to say I'm pretty good. The law of sin of death, if I do that, still applies to me. I'm still playing that game. But Jesus came to break that game, to fulfil that game, to release me to freedom in him, to give me life and peace. It's a new life. It's a new way. And he brings peace. I have peace with him. I have peace with you. You. Maybe not you. No, you, definitely you. (laughs) Verse 10, if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I've done many funerals. Uh, They're not great. It's not fun, really. Some of them are awful. Some of them can be okay. Some of them are rejoice, depends. But I know one thing that's common with all of them. They all died and they're still dead. I will die too. I look like death half weeks. I know that. But I will die. Nothing surer than that. Paul's point is Christ will raise your immortal body, uh, your mortal body, my mortal body, to immortality. The life that Jesus has given you by his spirit, if you trust and believe in him, you are already alive in him. We will die here. That's the point. But the power that raised Jesus from the dead will give us life, has given us life right now. Even though I die, I will live in Christ. That's a gift. This life of the Spirit brings peace, brings new life, brings hope, and brings a future. It's a secure future, not by what I do. That's playing the old game of sin and death. The new game in town is the game of Jesus' grace and mercy. He fulfilled it and changed me from death to life. He took me from sin to grace because of him and him alone. Nothing to do with me, thank goodness I would mess it up. Jesus came because he loved us. He came because God's plan was to do so, not plan A or not plan, sorry, not plan B or C or D, always the plan to set us free. He broke the curse, he set me free and he has given us life and peace thirdly we are the spirit has brought made us god's children verses 12 to 17 verse 14 says this for those who are led by the spirit of god are the children of god verse 14 means we will strive to please jesus we live lives that think about him and what he wants us to do. Naturally, as I said, that's not the way I would have lived. I would be totally interested in myself, what I was doing. And when, you come and when you start interrupting what I want to do, then we've got trouble. But that's what Jesus came to break, that type of thinking. Jesus came to fill me with his desires and to change me from the inside. I will put to death the misdeeds of the body, it says in verses 13, I think. We are God's children. We are changed to be God's children by God's action in us through Jesus, and he puts his spirit in us to make us more like him. And we are not slaves, but we are God's children. Verse 15, you receive, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves, and people do fear that, don't they? They don't want to be controlled by God, they think. (laughs) they will be a slave. Paul says, you are a slave to sin, Jesus sets you free. The spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Remember that first line of that prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father in heaven. Jesus came that that might come out of our lips and be true. Not just because I say it, because he did it. He came that he would break the power of sin and release me into his new life that he has for me. He came that we might be his children. He might adopt us as his children. Jesus came as a once for all atoning sacrifice. My sins are a Deserve what they should get. Jesus came to wipe them away. By his death, his perfect life, in my place, his death punished for me and for you if you cling to Jesus. He did that to release me into the power of his new life, of his spirit and eternity. Why did he do that? Because he loves. He loves his children. And so we respond, Abba, Father. Not a Swedish pop music term, Abba, but rather a term of great intimacy. The Lord is our Father. He calls us his children. Verse 16, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in the sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. We are his children. We are his sons in the culture. Only sons got everything. The property was divided up. Here he's saying he's taking it, he's applying it to all of us full inheritance, co-heirs with our Saviour Jesus. Beyond my comprehension, such a term. But what a wonderful gift of grace and mercy. As we close, we notice this. God has poured his spirit into our lives, into our hearts, and the spirit has set us free. Sin held us, death reigned. Jesus smashed that by his life and his death and released us into his power of love. And he put his spirit in us where the Holy Spirit came to make us more like him, where we now live new lives empowered by the spirit to change to be more like Jesus. I will not always do that. Every week we stand here and ask for forgiveness, I think. We have a repentance prayer, I think. Is that right? Who did it today? I didn't do it. Who did it? Bill, did you do it? I did it. Why do we do that? We need to. (laughs) We're not in glory yet. So I still have a few. I'm a bit all over the place still. But the Spirit came to redirect our hearts and our minds so that we may love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and love others as we love ourselves. Christ came to bring us from sin and death into his eternity. And he started that now. And he has made you his child. Why? Not because you're good or you're very good looking or you've got a lot to offer. It's because he loved you. It's about him. Thank goodness. Jesus, our God, our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
0: Thy kingdom come. Let's pray.
1: Gracious Father, thank you that you uh, broke the chains and set us free. Thank you. We really need it. We still fall far short of who we should be. We don't love like we should. We don't behave like we should. Father, please keep changing us. Thank you that you have called us your children. That is amazing grace. It is a total gift. We are blown away by that but we rejoice in your power and your strength. When we are tempted to think we're doing pretty good, please correct us. You are perfection and have done it in Jesus. We are your projects in progress, work in progress. Lord, we pray by your spirit, Keep making us more like Jesus. Help us to live good lives that glorify you in all that we do and say. And we are thankful for your spirit who has set us free, who has given us life and peace and has made us your children. For your sake and in your glorious son's name we pray. Amen.